Welcome to the Customer Experience 404, episode number five. This episode today is with Kate Nasser, the People's Skills Coach, who speaks and consults and blogs about all things customer service. Welcome to the CX404 Zone. I'm Andrew Mayer of Service Please, as well as at ServicePlease20 over on Twitter, where you can discuss with me about everything digital customer experience. This is the show where we talk to people and companies working on improving the customer experience. We bring them out from behind the curtains, give them a chance to share their hot sauce, their secret recipes with the rest of us. Our interview partner today is Kate Nasser, and we're going to talk about the role of people providing services, their skills, as well as what is customer service. This show was recorded on Friday, the 5th of April, 2013. Okay, thank you for taking time out of your day and joining us on Customer Experience 404. Welcome, Kate. Welcome, Kate, to the CX404 Zone. Hi, Andrew. So pleased to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, I, I have to say how excited we are to have you here on the show today. Uh, we've had an ongoing Twitter exchange for, for quite a long time about uh, customer service, customer experience, customer care, and um, I'm really appreciated that you can join us here because you've got uh, a tact that you take, which I think is special, uh, and it's not always in the, in the limelight and focused on as much, so I'm really excited that you, you've got the chance here. Uh, maybe as a startup, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where your background, perhaps, and where your experiences come from in this area? Well, my experiences come from um, a wide range of areas, actually. My first career was in computers, believe it or not. I was a computer programmer, a systems analyst, went into tech support, managing client services. So today, of course, we talk a lot about the digital experience. Well, computers have been around for a very long time. The difference was that customers were not using the computer way back then for customer service. Um, however, growing up professionally in that technical world gave me some keen insights on the people skills side of it. And I always describe myself um, a little bit as a, uh, this, I guess this is an American reference, as an Oreo cookie. I am very technical in one part of my brain and very people skills oriented in the other part of my brain. So you put those two halves of the cookie together and you get me. So- <laughs> I actually went back to graduate school along the way, and my bachelor's degree was in mathematics, but my master's degree is in organizational psychology. So there's that sort of digital human combination put together. And started my own business, and uh, it's been 25 years. This is my 25th year in business, and customer service and people skills um, are my passion. Wow. It's I know you you focus and and as the people skills coach and and this is your 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 mantra and it's all throughout everything that you you talk about and and create and produce and things I've seen in the videos the outtakes of some of your talks you've held with customers you focus on the people and those skills in in the companies um, and you 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 work on trying to help them find the potentials to to loosen them up so that they can maximize what. You know, you mentioned the Oreo cookie, and, and you you take both sides of this here. But what makes what makes you think the people skills component is really so important? People skills give 
all of what I call the occupational skills, the power to connect with others. Everybody has some type of occupational skill. You could have an organization filled with very talented people. If they cannot connect, you will fall short of success. And with customers, again, it's that whole concept of connecting with people. And in fact, the golden rule, right, which has been around forever and has some merit, but the golden rule says, you know, treat everybody else the way you want to be treated. Well, hello, that's not going to work in customer service. It works only in its very basic essence, that concept of you should be treating everybody else well. But when it comes to the skill, whether that's voice to voice, face to face, or a web chat, or the way you design that web interface, if you're doing it only from your perspective, you will fail because you are not connecting to the other person's point of view. We must adapt to the customers to succeed. Customers are the summit to which we ascend. Hmm. So it's it, I've been reading quite a bit about um, looking, taking the customer's point of view, taking the customer's perspective, uh, putting yourself in in their shoes, and and um, the 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 customer journey uh, conversation is is over the last year, I guess, been written a whole lot more about, or or it's being rehashed again. It's it's not really new, as you said. It's been around a long time, but for for twenty years or or as long as customer care solutions and centers are being have been built, uh, it's always been you know from a, from an inside out. What do we need? Uh, the customers want to send us emails, so let's build an email solution. Uh, and rarely are they looking to see who's who's coming at them and what's their situation, what is their what are their expectations when they do that. Um, do you have any do you have any examples of any particular success stories that you've you've been you've participated perhaps in here when it comes to taking those people skills and that view of it into uh, customer service? Very much so. You know. Um, we can have two examples, one at the sort of what I call the organizational level. 15 years ago, I was asked to help redesign a very splintered service organization that had multiple points for the customers to call. They didn't know who to call. They didn't know where to call. I mean, this again, this is pretty typical. You've heard this story many times. But in this particular case, it was going on during a very uh, tumultuous time of corporate change. So we had, to, we had to create this sort of centralized focus because it was going to help the customers. Meanwhile, the corporation uh, internally was sort of struggling for, in power struggles of what division was going to be, you know, the strongest. So it is a perfect example, in my opinion, of how an internal focus can bring you down because if if everything you think about is the customer your internal actions will follow and a lot of people who think about this and get upset about it not everybody does but there are people who say no 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 we'll lose our shirts customers are fickle customers are unpredictable customers it's real. In fact, I wrote a different, another blog post saying these customers' feelings are not as random as you think they are. So 
highly customer focused cultures, organizational cultures. And you know, you know, many of the examples, you know, Tony Say and Zappos and all these places. It's because they don't think from the internal perspective. They think about the internal perspective, but not from the internal perspective. And those are two very different approaches. Okay. You, you also, to, 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 to attach to that, you talked about what is, I mean, in a recent blog, co- blog post, you mentioned your blog just now, uh, you, you had a recent blog post that was, that was titled something, Customer Service is Defined. Um, and it was about the definition of what is customer service. So obviously, if you're, if you're taking that internal or that customer's perspective uh, view of these things, they're going to be different. So your, your, your blog post was talking about how typically customer service is, is just a collection of scripts, processes, metrics that we use uh, to describe this is our customer services here. What, what is then obviously is missing from that? Um, well, what's missing is the customer focus scripts and processes and procedures and metrics. And by the way, scripts, I I will, you know, march with my sign forever to get rid of them. But nonetheless, all of these things like processes and procedures and such, that's not customer service. That's the management of a customer service function. That's the management inside of a company. To a customer, customer service is, uh, my definition is that the customer thinks service is, knowledge delivered with care to make life easy for them. If it's business to business, the easy could be profitable, productive, and so forth. If it's business to the consumer, um, again, it's all about the, the ease, the finding what it is they want. That memorable experience comes not from metrics. Metrics don't create great service. They measure great service that we create. And Unfortunately, a lot of people on the inside of companies have lost their way a bit about that. Yeah, I, I, it was interesting. I had a conversation just this week with a client in the Netherlands, and um, they, they're in the financial industry, and they, one of their major focuses is on the net promoter score, another metric uh, for, for measuring the, the customer service there. And, and as much in the financial services recently, they're, they're in a double-digit negative uh, NPS score there. Uh, but they, they were comparing themselves against the other major players in their market and said, well, at least we're, we're the, the highest of, of the, the other two competitors, so the three of them uh, in the market there. Uh, so their, their numbers were, were better, marginally, but better than the others in their market there. And, and, I, and they said... We're we're happy with that, you know. It was worse, and we're happy to have gotten it to the level that it's at there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so I thought that's that's that might be. I mean, I, I can I understand in certain in certain verticals, whether it's uh, package delivery, telecoms, financial services, they they have very challenging customer services realities uh, because there's a lot of uh, loose ends that they can't control, perhaps in in the process here, uh, but. They can't stop at that metric here, and that was that was exactly what I was trying to talk to them about and say. You, even though your metric might have improved and you're better than your your main competitors here, uh, is that really saying what your customers are actually experiencing and what their feelings are with you? And uh, and it went off on an interesting conversation, which uh, hopefully will, will be continued, and I'll bring it up on a on a future show. But to to turn this into a bit of where the CX four hundred four comes from is the the digital the online 
experiences of customers here. So where customers nowadays might not even see a member of the company that they've purchased something from or a service that they've received, uh, ordering it through a web form on a page, uh, through 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 an app perhaps here, um, interacting with different people or entities of the business there in these different companies from, from the front end of the sales, the marketing engine, all the way through perhaps to support lines. How can people skills you know, how, or how can I focus on people's skills maybe uh, really work effectively here? Think about um, something that has become quite pervasive. Um, online banking statements. Right? Now, whether you get it printed and it comes in the regular mail or whether it's online, think about how that is designed. It's been a bugaboo of mine for quite a long time. Again, it doesn't matter whether it's on paper or, or online. The I get a, I still get, for one of my bank accounts, I still get a paper statement. And I look at the paper statement, and the first thing I realize is that it's not speaking to me. <laughs> yes, the, the, all the data is there. And again, you know, I have a cool computer programming background, did human factors design for a while, right? So I'm looking at this, and... What is the number that is so prevalent on the statement? Something like average monthly balance or something like this, right? Now, the average person, when they're looking at their banking statement, what is it that they want to know when they look at that banking statement? <laughs> what is the first thing you want to know? Oh, which, which side of the line am I right now? <laughs> How much money is in there, right? What's my balance? That's the first thing, that's the most important thing because everything we do with our money has to do with how much money we have, right? That's right. Okay, so why is average monthly balance the number that is featured? Because that's an internal view of, from the bank's perspective, that's an important number for them to drive their business. It's an important number to drive their business and yes, some people have accounts where, where there are charges dropped if they have a high average monthly blah, 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 yeah. But that's not from a people perspective. So I have to go searching through. I actually balanced, tried to balance my, my checkbook one day, and I was balancing without realizing it against the average monthly balance. No wonder. I mean, it's annoying. So what is my recollection? What is my memory about that bank? Does that bank put me, the customer, as the most important thing, and I don't mean me individually, I mean the customers, you know, total. And unless somebody can prove to me that 99% of the people in the world would rather look at average monthly balance versus the balance, then I think that my point, it's, it's a simple little example, but quite pervasive because you mentioned financial, um, you know, financial companies. And the fact that they're happy in a double-digit negative NPS being the best of the worst is is uh, blows my mind. <laughs> Actually, is predicated on the idea that none of them can be great, and that's a myth. The companies that have wowed the world have broken the rules and the myths and the traditional thinking about customer service. And everybody else, you know, laughed at them. But you think of Ritz-Carlton. And everybody thinks of Ritz-Carlton hotels. Oh, well, that's because it's, it's a highly elite, high-end hotel. If you read the book that they wrote about how they did it, 
you could apply that to any industry. It has nothing to do with cost. It has to do with listening, focusing, and coming at everything from the customer perspective so that the customer always feels cared for and that it was easy. That's the two points. So if it's an online website and you've designed it, go through and let non-company people critique that website, not with closed-ended questions that give you a ranking and a metric that say your website is great because that's what you want to hear but actually open-ended questions. In fact, there's a company out there called usertesting.com that I was involved with for a while. I kind of did some things for them. And it's very interesting because very small businesses who don't have large marketing departments, can't set up focus groups and so forth, can hire this online company and they go out and get everyday people who just log onto a website and have to follow some instructions on how to get around it and they have to answer questions and they were, you know, I actually did a few of them and it was fascinating because I got some feedback. They didn't know who I was you know, I wasn't in my professional role. I just thought I would do it as an interesting thing. And I got feedback from some of those companies passed through the user testing to me that said, this was fabulous. We would never have thought of these, of this because mm -hmm. they designed it. <laughs> Well, that's that's another another company that I visited recently has a customer experience center that they've built offside of their main main buildings there, uh, where they set up all of their uh, interaction points um, from from what one sees in the shops to to the back ends there. And uh, and I asked a few questions, and it's as you were saying, uh, what's often missed here is uh, I asked the question, well, do you how often do customers come in to see you know and be part of the process of of defining and experience and giving feedback to this and they said oh we almost never have customers come in here this is this is built for us to test our systems from the front to the back end so doing with having a, a you know a testing your systems from front end to back end but calling it a customer experience is ridiculous yeah I'll have to work on that one on another meeting when I get back to them to bring it up. <laughs> um, to, to, to bring in another thing that, that, you, that you're working on as well and to, to let other people hear about it is every Sunday you host a, a tweet chat and I've spoken on other um, CX404 episodes of what is a tweet chat is that is uh, uh, an experience that those who don't know much about Twitter might not uh, know how that works. But on Sundays you have a session uh, that's uh, around the hashtag people skills. Uh, and it's um, in people's skills in social media you recently focused on. And one of the questions that I that I saw that was asked in that tweet chat, um, well, what are the main people skills differences between face to face and online? Mm -hmm. And uh, and now we're talking about both of these, and and we know that they all belong together in the in the whole end to end customer experience. Um, do you have any any of those responses that may have come out of the tweet chat that you might like to share? It was very, very interesting. Um, there were two trends, and actually uh, quite opposite. There were, it was a trend, quite a few people said, there really is no difference. People are people. It doesn't matter whether you are face-to-face -face or online. You, you still have to listen. You still have to have empathy. You know, and, and there was some truth in this. If in the core, in the essence of dealing with people, if you are using uh, you know, certainly the basics, everything from civility and listening and empathy, 
uh, especially with customers and adapting, being willing to adapt and give and take, not sort of set yourself up as the ruler, as it were, um, then there's truth in it. However, I also was watching all these tweets fly by and there were quite a few people who said um, that online will always be tougher because you never have the full picture of the other person's intentions, uh, their what they care about, because there is that that missing piece. There is no face to face. There is no voice contact. And so these two debates, of course, have been raging even outside the customer service world in the in the world of you know psychology and all of that for forever. Um, I think it's interesting. I do believe that online does present. Uh, perhaps an additional challenge. Uh, I can't think of the name of the study, but there was one study that showed that when people are not face-to-face -face or voice-to-voice -voice with someone, that they feel freer to insult, to uh, sort of let things fly. And, you know, I, I think in the end, if there, if that's some kind of a mental process that automatically happens, then it, then once again it means that an individual has to, ex, you know, <laughs> use some self-control and some cognitive skills of what's important, some self-discipline to communicate clearly. Right. I, I like to say, I like to def that the second example about how it's always going to be different and and challenged because you don't have the benefit of of standing across the counter as you might in a Starbucks. Uh, and seeing that there's a maybe a small child in a in a in a in a buggy behind the person in shopping bags, and and you can make a lot of uh, assumptions of what that person's done and the and the state of mind they might be in. Yeah. What I what I see in social media uh, and a lot of companies trying to uh, or successfully or, or 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 trying to interact with with people on social media, not necessarily customers, but just whoever's coming at them on their whatever page presence or, or sites here, is there's a lot of context missing. Right? So you often don't even know who you're responding to. Is it actually a customer of mine? Uh, what kind of customer? And, and I, 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 I know there's the data and the, and the technologies are, are there to make a lot of this possible here, but a lot of companies aren't employing them yet uh, because maybe it's still new times. But the similar thing has been happening on on phone calls and in emails uh, as well for twenty years, uh, and they've been around a lot longer. Right. Um, so not knowing the whole story of what that person this is where that that the people's view the the customer's view of where are they, uh, what time of day is it here, even in social media if you see somebody tweet something about your power company, uh, and your uh, the power went out again uh, this afternoon here. Uh, is that a lone message here, or do we have 50 other people saying the same thing? Was it a broader outage? Is it is it localized? Taking that information into the contextual uh, view of things uh, is really, really important to start understanding what's happening here, and then looking deeper and deeper through the layers of who is this person? Have I communicated with them before? Even if I can't identify their their Twitter handle uh, in a in a CRM database of mine, uh, because we don't collect that perhaps as a as a company. Uh, you would have a Twitter history perhaps available that you could see this person has tweeted at us five times over the last six months or, or a year. The, the technology is all there. Most companies just aren't taking uh, taking advantage of that and are doing a one-to-one -one reply. So every tweet gets a response. 
um, and every you know every every not every tweet gets resolved. every every tweet gets looked at, and then responses are formulated and given back out. And I think this is this is the mistake that I see a lot of companies trying to do, whether it's in web chat or social media uh, platforms. Here is they don't take the whole contextual information that could be available uh, through what one often calls the big data view of things here, uh, and then respond uh, correctly and, uh, and, and appropriately. Well, I think that um, when it comes to context, you've hit it right on the head. What has happened now uh, with more online and digital experience, it has magnified the scope of everything tremendously. So. I think one of the struggles that many companies are having is that for years, and I, and I don't agree with it, but for years, customer service has always been considered an expense. And there are many companies who still look at it that way. So they've, they've brought that, what I call that baggage with them now. So think about it this way, right? If you, as a, as a leader in a company, think of customer service as an expense, and maybe you've outsourced your you know front line and you've gotten everything down to x cents per call per interaction and and you're looking at it from that perspective and now all of a sudden oh my gosh there's there's the online website e-commerce there's social media there's all of these things exploding and they're trying to apply that same how do we reduce the cost of that mindset as opposed to what difference does it make whether that person right that's that's tweeting is our current customer the only thing you really have to know is whether or not it's just somebody tweeting randomly that doesn't even has nothing to do with you you know like a spam bot other than that your future depends not on your just on your current customers but on anybody thinking about becoming your customer so the digital experience give you a broader window and view of that than the customer service frontline world where pretty much your current customers were the ones who were calling. So yeah. the websites are, are getting hit with, with a lot more uh, potential customers. And the question I think companies have to answer is, what image do we want potential customers to have from the moment they touch our website or interact with us? Because a lot of people do a lot of feeling around. I myself am one of them. Before I ever work with a company, I'm always putting out feelers to see, is this a company I'm going to want to, I don't mean my customers. I'm talking about when I'm the customer. So I think that there's got to be a mindset shift among leaders to really understand that the digital experience has opened the companies themselves up to more of their potential customers. And that's the challenge that they're trying to, to really, you know, handle. It's like putting the big glass window at the at the front entrance of your contact center and letting everybody look in and seeing it, uh, and and hear it, and and be and be able to participate as as well. And yes, and and always have your best face on. You know, it's like um, here in, in in the United States, in New York City, um, NBC. Um, you know, the Today Show in the morning and stuff, they have that big window and then they go out into the street and greet people and all that. That means that you're always on. And a digital experience is always on. So that website, that web chat, every single thing about it is so much more visible. 
you can't just say, well, is this a customer we need to really think about or should we blow this off? So you, you mentioned the, the business leader and the business owner, and I, I ask a similar question to all my guests on the show. And if you had, if you had the one suggestion, if you had one, uh, one item, one piece of, of advice or, or a pointer you would like to give to, to a, a customer service manager, a leader of, of customer care, or even a contact center you know, supervisor who might be listening to the show here, of how might they improve the online customer's experience I think maybe you've answered half of it already uh, here, but have you got have you got one suggestion that you would say this is one of the things you must be paying attention to? Um, actually, two things. Number one, how is your online experience designed? How does it look to the customer? So, if you're not getting any feedback from your customers, that is what I call qualitative data, not just the. Uh, rank this from one to five, how easy was it? That's not going to tell you what they experienced. That's, it, there has to be some type of focus group, online user testing, something that will give you true insight as to not only how they see your, uh, your website or your channel, but also how it affects them. That's the critical piece. And, and the other one is continue to train everyone that's in your organization about customer focus. One of the biggest challenges to most companies is that customer service is in one area, customer experience is another department. All of these silos make the true customer focus almost impossible. So they've got to continue to build bridges or knock down the silos, however, you know, whatever words make it uh, understandable, to really do this one true focus on the customer. If you build a culture of customer focus, they will come to borrow a life from a movie. <laughs> I think I think you're you're hitting on a really important point here. Then maybe we need to we need to set up another date to talk about how companies can help and and start to bring down some of those silos or build the bridges or however they need to to get across. Because this is something that that I see all, every week when visiting uh, clients that they're all challenged with their historical structures and 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 focuses and metrics that each of them have to work against. And, and deliver against and that makes it challenging for them to reach across the aisle to to work with each other i would love to do that with you i would love to, to have a session on that great well now i get to the the, the fun part and I'm, I'm always curious to see what my what my guests uh, bring up here this is what i call the uh, this is kate's shout outs uh, where I've brought you out from behind the curtains, at least hopefully to some of the listeners of, of the CX404 show here. Uh, is there anyone you'd like to bring out and, uh, and show off a little bit into the customer service, customer experience world? Yes, exactly. I um, have met uh, four people, actually. Um, on through. I met them through Twitter. Now they're part of a Google Plus group that I have. Um, and they are working uh, on customer experience. One of them comes from sort of a big data view of it. So let me give you their names, yeah? Um, Annette Franz, Jeannie Walters, Jean Bliss, and Nancy Port. Um, I can email you if you want their Twitter handle, sure. whatever. But um, I, their blog posts are solid. They're writing things that come that really cross between 
customer experience, customer service, big data, um, just really impressive ideas. And um, I think you'd be really, I think you'd love to speak with them. Wow, it's. I'm glad you've mentioned Annette uh, here because I've been trying to get her to come on the show, and she she's come back saying she might. She likes to blog more than 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 speak, but maybe this will will entice her to come out and and join. So, um, get mad at me for mentioning her name. It was definitely meant as a compliment. <laughs> oh, it certainly is, and I, I will we'll put all the the context, their names, their Twitter handles, and their blog post links in in the show notes, as we do, Kate. I'd like to thank you very much. Uh, we've come to the bottom of the show here. You've 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 really brought uh, another another aspect of of not just what what companies and corporations need to do in in addressing customer experience and customer services online or offline, but just the role of taking a human view at what you as a company are trying to provide and what are you providing, looking at what your customers are actually experiencing and not just what you're trying to to achieve here. I really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, can you tell us where people might find out more about you? My website, katenasser.com. Um, it actually has some information about my DVD, which is all about, uh, it's a very special DVD about adapting uh, to the regional differences within America. Lots of companies around the world have huge numbers of American customers, and they think that America is one culture. <laughs> it is not. So there are geographic differences. Um, it's, uh, it's very substantial, has a lot of humor in it, but it also has a lot of truth in it, so that's valuable. Um, I also have a very active Twitter stream, as you've mentioned, and a YouTube channel, which has got a lot of my video footage. So I welcome you know discussions and exploration of all these topics. I'd love to interact. Um, join my people skills chat on Twitter every Sunday morning. Uh, it's Sunday afternoon where you are, but Sunday morning over here. And uh, would love to uh, continue this conversation with you. But katenasser.com is my main website. That's right. And I, I, will, I will attest, Kate is very responsive. So send her a tweet, send her a message, and she will, she, she will always reach out and hook up with you. Thank you again, Kate. And uh, I think that's uh, building bridges, breaking down the silos. We'll have to put that into the calendar as a, as a future, yes. future interview. Thank you very much for joining. Have a wonderful weekend. Take care now. Thank you for spending your lunchtime today with Customer Experience 404. You can find out more about the Customer Experience 404 at the website, www.serviceplease.de. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. You can as well sign up for our newsletter to never miss a show. If you have any comments or suggestions for the show, please email us at andrew at serviceplease.de. Or you can reach me anytime at serviceplease20 over on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you.